Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm joined today by my teammate, co-host, and resident baby boomer. It's Joe White. Resident what? Baby boomer. That's your generation. You're, you're the baby boomers. <laughs> okay, that means I'm the oldest dude in this whole county. Thank you. I agree you're with that. You're the oldest guy in this room, <laughs> but you're also the most revered and Ooh. the most wise. Ooh. It's, well, that was sweet. Yeah, baby boomers are, in my opinion, to be highly honored. We owe a lot to the baby boomers. Yes, yes. I like being in the 70s, by the way. The 70s are a good decade. What about the 70s? How old were you in the 70s? In the seventy, no, being being living being in the seventy. I'm. Let's start that over. Oh, being in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's pretty funny. I don't know if you want to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, the seventies. Yeah, the seventies. I was there then too. But. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you love more, Joe? The seventies or the seventies? <laughs> I don't know about that. The seventies were really fun, also. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You cannot edit this out. This is too great. All right, Coach. So today, the title of our podcast is Distracted. Distracted by the 70s. No, that's not true. Speaking of the 70s. Yeah, Distracted. Bunch of distracted people came out of the 70s. And and so I want to just set this up. Like the reason that we're having this conversation is so unique. The other day that we were having a director Bible study each year at camp, we study a specific book of the Bible. One of the greatest things that we do all year is our director team studies the Bible pre-summer and we do it together. And, and so we're studying 2 Timothy and Specifically, we're studying the passage from chapter two that talks about the athlete, the soldier, and the farmer. And uh, there were some themes, obviously, that weave through that and that are, you know, we're actively talking about it. And as soon as that Bible study gets over, um, one of our guests, Lindsay, which I guess we'll let Joe introduce him here shortly. I just asked her, I said, hey, what's on your heart? Wanted to have you and Grant on the podcast. What's on your heart? And she shares, uh, you know, that God's just really been stirring up her heart th- through the story of Mary and Martha and specifically what it means to be distracted in life. And then I circled up. I said, hey, Grant, you know, like what's going on in your life? And he had really been kind of meditating on the idea of being a soldier and, you know, not getting caught up in civilian affairs. And so it's like, boom, 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 these sacred echoes line up. And I'm just like, okay. I guess we know what to talk about, Lord. And so that's where our conversation is coming from today, Joe. And that said, why don't you introduce our guests? Well, Shay, I'd, I'd love to. And you picked two, you know, around Canacuck, two great ones, two of, our, two of our heroes. Lindsay Maywar, who now has a new last name, Maywar. We used to know her as affectionately as Lindsay Rother. Uh, but last spring, we were all at her wedding it was a gorgeous day, and Shay, I, I remember months before that when Big Sweet Josh, this big, darling, uh, large basketball player from Indiana Wesleyan, who's now a coach here for our Linkier team, came to my office, he and our very close friends, and he was kind of kind of smiling in kind of a different way, and 
He, he had goes, that goofy look on him, do, Joe. Do you know I saw her? it. I saw it. Do you know Lizzie Rothery? I said, yeah, I know her pretty well. <laughs> he said, well, I think she's really pretty. And I said, well, she is. And he said, she's really smart. And I said, yeah, she is. And he goes, I'm kind of thinking about asking her for a date or something. I go, brother, you, you couldn't do better than that. And it wasn't very long till he, the dating turned into you know, I, I love this girl, and that turned into a ring, and that turned into a wedding ceremony, and we're all thrilled uh, for this new uh, marriage. It's a power couple. Power couple. Josh power just couple. distracted me. <laughs> he did. He was, did a good, he was a good distraction. <laughs> good distraction. So Lindsay comes from Lawton, Oklahoma. She's the baby of the three girls. She went to Oklahoma State, Rodham Cowboys, and then she graduated from the Kennecook Institute. We talked about the Institute many times. Uh, it's one of the, the not overrated things in our world. The great things you hear about it, you can't tell you enough how great this place is. Uh, and then she became a staff member uh, where she is today serving in the wintertime as a part of the director team at Kennecook Institute. In the summer, she's been a part of the director team at K-West, our fabulous middle school camp. And then the rest of the time, she's she's happily married. So she likes bluebell ice cream. She can play the guitar a little bit. She loves The Hiding Place, favorite book, favorite oh, movie. That is a great And book. if she <laughs> could do anything, she would have dinner with Taylor Swift. It's true. <laughs> Lindsay, T-Swift. I can't believe that you wrote that. Down. <laughs> Not in Josh. So welcome, welcome the girl who wants to have dinner with Taylor Swift. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, gosh, Shay, that's a loaded question. I'm going to go off the top of my head for the songwriting, not for the popularity, and I'm going to say Marjorie. It's about her grandmother. Okay. Okay. Don't know that song. I'm yeah. sure it's yeah. great. I don't know any of them. Grant Gaines, we celebrate Grant Gaines, Shay and I do, all summer long. He's a part of the director team at K2. Yes. Uh, and he does a phenomenal job. My word for Grant is sincerity. Um, he's also sincere and caring, and he's fun. He's always got this precious smile that reflects this really uh, joyful heart. Grew up in Plano, Texas, graduated from Pig Suey, University of Arkansas. He also graduated from the Kanakuk Institute, where today he also serves on the Kanakuk Institute director team. Greg hosted an ESPN radio show in college, Wow. He's been to seven foreign countries. He likes fish more than he likes steak. Figure Is that, that true, Grant? It's true. He's a fish guy. Yeah. And he's fish. never used the snooze button on his alarm one time. Welcome, Grant Gaines. Grant. You know what I love about Grant Gaines, Joe White? Grant Gaines snickers in the face of adversity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, Grant? I love it. He does. It's true. It's a true hobby. I, I I just can't tell you how many times we've been in the face of great adversity, and you look at Grant, and he just kind of snickers. He just kind of giggles. His shoulders bounce a little bit, and it's that snickers actually. It's um, it's kind of contagious. Like you just kind of start laughing with him, and then you're just it puts a nice spin on difficulty. That's why they keep me around K2. That's right. The jester. I love the jester. <laughs> I love it. All right. Hey, let's jump into this topic. We'll go to Lindsay first. 
The scriptures have been speaking to you, haven't they? They have. So tell us the story about Mary and Martha. What, what's what been stirring in you uh, in regard to that story? Yeah. So Joe talked about it. I, I had the chance to get married in April, and there was just a lot of plates being spun in my life of recruiting for the next institute class, getting K-West ready for the summer, and balancing just life stage change and planning a wedding and all the things. And just in that, I just was spread thin and just in a lot of ways overwhelmed and just tired and kind of landed in Luke 10 coming out of that season. And there's really just this story of Mary and Martha who are sisters and they invite Jesus, specifically Martha invites Jesus to her home and she's preparing, getting ready to host somebody for dinner or dessert or whatever they were doing. And just scripture says that Martha was distracted by her preparations, but Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet, listening to his words. And that has just struck a chord with me that I think in the passage, so often we want to pit Mary and Martha against one another, but it never says that uh, Martha was wrong for preparing. It never says that Mary didn't help prepare. It, It says that Martha was distracted and really Martha was Martha's problem. And mm. to keep the Taylor Swift theme going in her newest album, I think she had it right of, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And just getting to focus back on me of, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, that we get to choose to be distracted or to be devoted and find time to sit at the Lord's feet. Mm. I'm curious, did that passage, did you... You know, during that season of your life, did you go to it or did it find you? It found me uh, for sure. Just honestly through a staff girl in the summer who uh, is a songwriter. She wrote a song called Martha and it's actually going to go on Spotify here in a couple of weeks. Grace. So it found me and just as she asked me to kind of navigate her lyrics and kind of filter them theologically, it just, it, it just refreshed my soul and kind of brought me back to just the basics. Mm, I love that. Uh, let's give Grace a shout out because her music is scripture. Tell us tell us who she is and where we can find that. Yeah, Grace Willis. You can find her on Spotify. She is a summer staff girl, graduate uh, from college, but now at the Canacuck Institute and really uh, is the most humble person uh, that that I know that does music, but has taken just passages or verses of scripture and put them to music to help remind of simple truths of God's word. So she has three songs out now, and there's two two more coming in the next few weeks. Yeah, I can't wait. The Robins have them all memorized. Grant, talk to us. So you've been meditating on the soldier. How does uh, how did that that fall upon you, or how'd you come into it? Yeah. And as best I can, I'll try to work on Taylor Swift shout out like Lindsay was able to do. But well, I think largely because of having two little kids, there's a lot of distractions around our house right now. And so uh, while Coach and I are working on memorizing 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 4 has really jumped out. It's that image of a soldier, no soldier in active service gets entangled in the affairs of everyday life so that he can please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Mm -hmm. And I've often thought, often thought about, okay, yeah, we want to stay on mission. Jesus talks, you don't put your hand to the plow and look back. You don't get distracted. But the phrase that jumped out was the why that Paul gave at the end of that commandment. 
And the soldier doesn't get entangled in civilian affairs so that he can please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And so the phrase that kept jumping into my head and has continued to swirl around there is just, we give our attention to whatever has our affection. And so whatever has our affection is going to get our attention. So that Mm. soldier doesn't get distracted because he has an affection. He wants to please the one who enlisted him. And so whenever I get distracted by the small cares of the world, it's because ultimately those cares have circumvented my love for God just in that moment. And I've allowed my affections to get off balance and therefore my attention goes elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Joe, I'd love for you to share just from your perspective, distractions. Like what do you see out there as you work with young people and young families? I mean, you're a guy in your 70s who lived through the 70s. What do you see as distractions today? <laughs> hey, if if you're listening to this podcast today, you've got to know this is just uncut. This is just raw here. Yeah, this is the raw <laughs> podcast. Raw. Oh, my goodness. Do we live in a day of distractions? Oh, my. And Shay, whether you are in your 70s like me or your 40s or 30s or wherever you are, Grant and Lindsay in your 20s or students, we all know the biggest distraction in the whole wide world is this little bitty thing we carry around our hands. I call it the new nicotine, you know, iPhones that we all drag off of all the time, like constantly throughout the day. I don't know, Lindsay and Grant, what your screen time is every day or Shay, what yours is, but it's usually way more than, you know, you spend with the Lord or, you know, what's important in the world. But the iPhone provides a a lot of toxic uh, distractions. Oh, my. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, in the high school, college world that we work in, of course, the the biggest distraction are are toxic pictures and toxic words that um, who knows who advertisers prey off of our time on these toxic pictures and toxic words. But also, Shay, just uh, we're so distracted with just bombarding our minds with negative self-talk. I think it's one of the biggest unspoken of distractions in our world, you know, I heard years ago that some study was done, I wish I could get documented, but that 84% of our thoughts were toxic, were negative thoughts about ourselves, just beating ourselves up with mistakes and with, you know, you're stupid, you're afflicted, you can't do anything, you know, kind of thoughts. Um, so I think, Shay, uh, iPhone-producing distractions and self-talk are probably two of the biggest ones that are Absolutely. So I want to come back over to Lindsay and Grant really with the same question. You know, I know, you know, our Institute students, our staff, they look up to you too. I'm, I'm older than you and, and I look up to you too. I mean, you're just amazing human beings. You're awesome leaders. And, and the question is, well, well, what awesome human beings like you, like, what are you guys getting distracted with? Like, how would you describe those things? Well, I mean, just, pick a different day and there's going to be a different distraction largely, but you have, you have sinful distractions. Those are certainly distractions. Uh, but then you have just normal, morally neutral things that have been elevated to a distracting like stance. And so I think about how religion can become a distraction, how I can be so like set on, I need to read this many chapters or 
pray this many times that I become a Martha, like Lindsay spoke about, mm-hmm. trying to serve Jesus rather than actually being intimate with Jesus and like sitting at his feet. Uh, so I, I feel that a lot. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not on my phone a ton and I have some parameters with my phone so that I don't get distracted a ton. But nevertheless, uh, eternity is in my back pocket at all times. And that's a, a, a dangerous gamble right there to be distracted. It's good. I just would agree that especially as believers, it's so easy for us to get caught up in being or doing for the Lord rather than being with the Lord. And whether that's a a kid, if I need to go to youth group and I need to be in this Bible study and make it to this event and then also sports and also music lessons and all the things, or it's us as working in full-time vocational ministry of our our schedule of doing for the Lord can sometimes uh, usurp our our just basic need of being with Him. Lindsay, I think you read the book with. Is that what you're referring to? I haven't. Yeah, Lindsay, I thought you were referring to the book with. And even though you haven't read it, you sure do reflect it well in your thoughts and your words. But I just want to give a shout out. It's a great book. It's by Sky. Jethani, J-E-T-H-A-N-I, and the title of the book is With, and it talks about doing things with God, not for God, from God, above God, but walking and doing uh, your life more in a relationship with God. Yeah, that's good. I just, I've been reminded that my schedule can be filled with all the right things, but if I'm not being filled with the Lord and His Word first, it doesn't matter how many conversations and phone calls and coffee meetings and you know places I've served at because I'm I'm giving away things that are not eternally sustainable. I just think about the pace of our culture in general, right? So from a parent standpoint, thinking about the pace of my wife's life, like she's got we have six kids and she's thinking through every one of their lives, our lives, our family schedule, like girls that are wanting to meet with her and walk with her and, you know, all these things. And then as a husband, you know, I'm spinning the professional plate, spinning the husband plate, the dad plate, the provider plate, the bills, the taxes, the da, 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 da. Uh, And then I think of students. I mean, just down the road at Hard Work U at College of the Ozarks, you know, they have, I, I talked to a kid who you know, he's getting his education. He's got his 15 hours of work that's required on campus there. He's got another job as a valet at a big cedar. And I'm thinking, and he's super involved in ministry on campus. I'm like, this guy is doing everything. And, you know, in every circumstance like that I just described, like none of that's wrong. None of it's wrong. None of it's wrong. <laughs> And therein lies like the real challenge of of being with God. And so I I, I kind of want to go there. I want to talk first, like how do those distractions like practically affect us in a negative way? So I, I, what I want you to do is like illuminate this for us. Help us understand what are the negative ramifications of getting distracted, whether it's a a sin, a positive, a negative thing, just the pace of life. What are the ramifications? Yeah, I mean, my mind first goes to just the the reality of anxiety and just feeling anxious. I don't even know if it has to have a label of that feeling of stress and being spread thin, 
and overwhelmed. I think when our pace is that high, you can't sustain that for long periods of time. And you begin to miss out on the people that you're actually with in a moment. And you begin to forget to do things that you are supposed to do. Responsibility can start to to wane. And so it just, it eventually catches up to you not being able to, to run that fast. And I would just echo kind of what you were saying of no is not a bad word. Hmm. And I think that we have to learn how to exercise that muscle a little bit more often and filter our yeses and our noes so that we can say yes to the right ones and, and not just say yes to everything that could be good. Before you move on, personalize a little bit, like from your, that six months where you were just pushed to the max, like how did it play out during that season? Yeah. So my analogy is I was juggling glass balls and none of them could drop. And on the back end of that, I really got to confess just some areas where I was running in my own strength with the Lord, but have had to evaluate my my schedule. And prior to being married, I was able to have a lot more free time and I would have breakfast with a student pretty much every morning. And, and I've said no to that. And I start my morning with students at 8 a.m. at class rather than breakfast and have just gotten to kind of realign just some things to make sure that that the one thing that's talked about in Luke 10 is is first in my world so that everything else can flow from that. Yeah. So I imagine juggling glass balls is stressful. <laughs> I can't juggle, but yeah. uh, yes. It's problematic. Yeah. What about you, Grant? What's your take? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, whenever I'm living a distracted or overly busy life, like that just manifests itself with a lot of frustration, anger, impatience on my end. Um, and that's problematic when God said the greatest commandment is to love him and then to love others. And when I don't have time to do either of those, because as I'm learning with little kids, love is really spelled T-I-M-E. And when I don't have time, when I don't have margin, uh, I'm kind of failing at the biggest, most important thing that God commanded us to do. And then that causes me to be frustrated. It's this downward spiral. I literally get ulcers in my mouth if mm. I'm living too fast or distracted. So yeah, we've said it before, but we're we're signing up. We're saying yes to a lot of great things, and it sounds fun, but God didn't wire us for that. Like God wired us to be like single-minded devotion to one thing, namely Himself. And when we try to split our attention and, and multitask, uh, I think that He has some some guardrails, and that's like anger, frustration, ulcers, things that are like these flashing neon signs. Like you need to slow down before I force you to slow down. Mm. That's what He did with Israel. Sent them. 70 years to slow down in exile before they could really figure it out. Joe, how's that played out in your life when you've had too many, like when you found yourself distracted, what have been some of the ramifications of it? Yeah, I think just the load, Shay, of being a parent, raising, you know, four children who actually were all four teenagers at one time, which <laughs> was a lot. And then just all the K's, you know, there's 18 K's and we all dance together, you know, different camps and institute and K-Life and all these things. And sometimes it's just the, just, just the sheer load of it all can be a distraction and just getting completely overwhelmed. And I'm sure every mommy out there knows exactly what I'm talking about, about feeling overwhelmed and overloaded. And the distraction comes, Shay, when the, when the load of it all from the time you put your little foot on the floor 
in the morning until the time you lift that foot up and finally crash on your pillow. It's just go, 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 accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. And if you don't, those glass balls that you're juggling, they're going to fall on the floor. And it's sometimes it drives you to tears, but it puts a fog in front of your face as you're go, 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 going so that you don't see the people. I have a friend who was CEO of a ExxonMobil company. It wasn't the major company. It was one of their companies, subsidiaries. He had 500 employees. Well, that's a load. But every birthday, he would go see every single employee and spend some time with them. Well, I wasn't doing that, but it sure was the right thing to do. And to all of you professionals out there, there is a lot of research coming down the pipe now of how companies who care for their folks are much more successful than companies that just drive, 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 drive. And so I started meeting with all the folks, you know, as as crazy as the days were and are, uh, just caring more for the folks in the company has made our company so much happier and the case danced together so much better. Because through the fog and the distraction, Shay, of being overloaded, seeing the people and seeing the Lord and being with the people and being with the Lord. And in the case of children, parents, not just driving the children to make straight A's and driving the children to start on their soccer team and their football team, but being with the children in their sports and school and activities. That's for me, Shay, how to solve the distractions of life. So a lot of times, and I'm sure we can all relate, you realize you're distracted after you drive your car off the road. (laughs) I would much rather, you know, observe or, or discover those distractions and do something about it before that happens, right? Before I make a mess of things. And so I wanna I wanna ask you guys about that. Like how do you go about uh, just awareness of distractions in your life? It's a good question. And I'm not sure if I have a perfect answer for it, but I do know, number one, accountability, like having a 360 degree accountability system where people can speak into your life freely is really helpful for me. So I have a couple of accountability partners that every day of the week get a check-in in the morning and uh, they have full freedom to speak into my life where I'm not walking and uh, an accurate direction or an accurate pace for that matter. And then secondly, I, I think um, just building margin into the schedule, like your daily schedule. I know life can be so busy, but I've tried to put just, I, I used to just go back to back to back meetings and, and no margin rushing from one thing to another. I try to have 10 or 15 minutes between every meeting. It's not always possible, but when it is, it's a lot more healthy. I know that's more pace thing, but man, whenever I'm living a healthy pace, usually my attention's able to be uh, more laser-like on the Lord and on the things that matter. That's a good practical, Grant. I think our our physical bodies can point out some distraction. He talked about ulcers in his mouth of so many people would say they can feel stress or anxiousness in, in them. And there's just, there's physical tension, whether it's muscle or whatever. And so I think just being aware of uh, what's going on in you physically and then, again, allowing people to, to 
have full freedom to speak into your life and point out where maybe some things are off or changing. Uh, And then this is the bottom shelf answer, but the word of God and the spirit of God's jobs are to, to, to teach us and to convict us and to guide us into Mm. all truth. And so when we are doing our, our due diligence to spend time and, and metaphorically sit at Jesus's feet and listen to his words, he's going to do what he does and, and point out and expose those things in us. And then we have to decide if we're going to respond to them or not. I love that. Those are, that's really good. So when, you know, when God's word speaks, when people in our life who love us point things out, when the Holy Spirit prompts awareness, what do you do? What's the action steps when you discover a potential distraction? To be totally transparent, my flesh immediately wants to justify when those things are, are pointed out, but you don't understand or whatever excuse that we can add in there. And I have tried to train myself to step back and maybe even step away from that conversation and come back to it to let myself process and really evaluate what do I need to do with this and what mm-hmm. what's actually true and then what really does just there it is a season of life and there, it's going to be more of a grind in this area and then come back in so just really probably for me humility has to come into play there Lindsay I think you ask a question a lot that I've stolen as well just the idea of play this thought out so man if this is you at you know 25, 35, 45, just played out, played out 10 years, this mm-hmm. pace that you're living at, the distractions that you're running after. What's this going to look like when you start putting more dependence on you, more weight on your shoulders, more load? Like, are you going to be happy in five years from now, 10 years from now, running at this pace with these distractions? And almost always it gives you the perspective to say, okay, golly, I, I don't want to be this person 10 years from now, which means I need to start doing something differently right now so that the path I'm on will get me to the right spot. It's good. so good. To add to that, I think I have a unique perspective on life of I didn't get married until I was 35. And a lot of times single people can do so much more that so many unhealthy habits are developed in that season of life that it's really hard to change those habits when your life stage changes or your job changes or whatever. And so even with what Grant's saying, just even as a 22 year old or a you know 35 year old that was unmarried or whatever making sure that you're starting with healthy habits that are sustainable no matter what season you're in and i would add too i mean you let out with humility like the humility to change because seasons different seasons of life require a different way of you know living healthy so i'll throw out the you know kind of the the coverall but the holy spirit can give you any any measure of guidance. You know, I just, I think a couple of years ago, I was, I was, I had that feeling, right? The feeling of anxiety too much. And I counted up the plates that I was spinning. It was seven at the time. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to take one of the plates off. And it was actually going to be a hard thing to do because it was going to let some people down. And interestingly, it was the smallest percentage of responsibility in my life at the time. But I removed that plate and it energized me like 100%. Like if it represented 3% of energy, it gave me 100% return. And it was just God saying, hey, like this right now, while it's a good thing, 
it is a distraction and I want to remove it. And that's just going to require that time, that intimacy with God of being with God to know. I mean, you go back, go back to Mary. Where was Mary? Sitting at Jesus' feet. She was sitting at Jesus' feet. What a beautiful picture. Let's reinforce this. So last question for you guys. What are the benefits from removing distractions? Like what's the payoff? Ultimately, intimacy with Jesus would be the best one, right? You sit at Jesus' feet. You love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. You're a healthy, happy individual. Yeah, just... I think so many people don't actually enjoy life. They get through it. And I really believe that God desires for us to enjoy life. John 10, 10, Mm -hmm. that we would have the abundant life. And uh, when you're creating space and you're able to be fully present in moments, you're going to enjoy those things along the way. So good. Joe, you've been sitting quiet over there. I can see your wheels turning. We're going to send it over to you for the final word. It must be that, that when you're 70s, they can see your wheels turning or something like that. Uh, life is fun around Kennecock. Yeah, Shay, oh, the Savior is so, he's so great. He's so wise. And he speaks so clearly and truthfully to everything that we go through, certainly in our distractions. But I can picture him, Lindsay, saying, to Martha, and this is what he says. Actually, these are his words. He said, there's, you know, only one thing that really matters, and that is to sit at my feet and listen to my words. There's only one thing that really matters, to sit at my feet and listen to my words. What a Savior we serve. And so as we meditate on his word as we tuck his word in our heart then and if you if you happen to have a pen please write these four words down (laughs) if you don't think about them a lot then as a mom as a dad as a husband as a member of a church as a member of a committee as a professional as a student whatever your uh, your priorities and and your 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 road in life, whatever it is, when you sit at his feet and listen to his words, first of all, you're going to get an idea. Second of all, you're going to develop a goal from that idea. The Bible says, memorize and meditate on God's word. Idea, that's a good thing. Goal, I'm going to memorize uh, a Bible verse every three days with my children. Then comes a plan. I'm going to tuck them in bed at night. And when I tuck them in bed, that's when we're all going to memorize these verses together. And then you add the commitment. That's word four. Idea, goal, plan, and then commitment. I make a commitment. For me, it was the word every. I'm going to make a commitment. Every night when I'm home, I'm going to lay by the kids, and we're going to memorize the word together. And, and so we as a family will develop an affection and love for Jesus, we'll develop a love and affection for each other, but we'll also be able to go out and do the things that God asks us to do. And Shay, I would close with the verse in Hebrews 12, chapter 1, where it says, 
Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let all distracted people, <laughs> let all of us lay aside every sin and the things that entangle us, the sins and stuff that entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, sitting at his feet, listening to his words, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and set himself down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had distractions, but he took the cross to the top of the hill. He did his mission in spite of all the people screaming, yelling, and throwing things and hitting him. And so can we. That's his word for us. Grant and Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. And we want to thank our listening audience for spending time with us. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we just lift up the leaders out there that are listening, and we just pray, Father, that this would be the right word at the right time uh, in their life, and that it would just the truth that was spoken and discussed, that it would help calibrate them and allow them to walk in a healthy way that would stir up their intimacy and affection for you. And out of that, they would think, speak, and act. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. <laughs>